start streaming and I think we're live. I'm going to double check uh, for it to say so. Waiting. Are we live? It says we're live. Let me click the video link. That might be a little bit easier than I We're live. Hello, everybody. Welcome to In the Clubhouse with the Nats Report. Uh, my name is Hayden Raymer. Uh, I'm joined as always by my lovely friend and co-host. Jeremy Lapidus. Jeremy, it's been a hot minute actually since you've joined me. Uh, how are you doing? It has man? been a hot minute. It has. I am doing, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, I'm back in mm -hmm. the Berg, uh, you know, uh, here, school starting back in the in the swing of things and i am just so excited to get back and doing these shows again honestly that was the thing that i missed the most over over this break talking sports and baseballs with you with you with you my friend i mean i always enjoy talking baseball if you always miss talking baseball with you even like you know 15 minutes after the show i'm like man i wish i could talk baseball with jeremy more <laughs> uh but yeah, no, I mean, we have some news uh, that you and I haven't talked about. I mean, uh, thankfully, most of it's recent. I don't think we had a whole lot of news spring up over the past day or so. Or not the last day, but like the two weeks that we didn't, you and I didn't do a show. Uh, I don't know if you listened to the shows I did with uh, Richard and Henry. You know, we talked some baseball, talked some major league ball, talked some minor league ball. Uh, it was very interesting uh, hearing their perspectives. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Jeremy, where do you want to start off today? I mean, let's start with some of the some of the bigger news that's come out recently. Uh, the the new international prospect signed. They got, I believe, twenty prospects. Yep, that sounds uh, about right. And and two of them were in the top one hundred, I believe, is is what the top fifty. I know two of them uh, were real high. Top fifty. I didn't remember how high, but I remember yeah. two of them were real real high up there. It it depends uh, on what ranking you look at. Uh. But yeah, I mean, there's one who's pretty well regarded, and then the other is not as highly regarded. But I mean, that kind of, you know, goes hand in hand with their signing bonuses. But yeah, uh, I mean, I guess kind of uh, the two big names in there, like you said, were Victor Hurtado and uh, Angel Feliz. Uh, Hurtado is a left-handed hitting outfielder. Uh, throws from the left-hand side, I think, as well. I was just typing something up about it. I don't remember. And then Angel Feliz was a shortstop uh, when they announced that he signed him, but he quite literally is going to go immediately play third base. Uh, so he, he's a third baseman. Uh, I guess, is there one that you, I mean, obviously there's one that you favor. Uh, yeah. Um, I do. I... I think uh, Victor Todd, we, we talked about this a little bit. Uh, in the future, uh, coming soon, I don't know how soon, but there's a, there's a there's a prospect list put together by a couple writers on the Nats Report, mm -hmm. me, Hayden, and Owen. Uh, so we talked about these guys a little bit, uh, putting together these rankings. Uh, and yeah, Hurtado, uh, at least for me, he's, he's higher up on there. Uh, and that's nothing against uh, Angel Felez there, but he just, he's a little more of a raw prospect, and we 
you just don't know exactly where he's going to, you know, end up, what, what exactly he's going to turn into. Yeah, no, I mean, you kind of hit it on the head there. Uh, Hurtado is very interesting, uh, where, you know, he has that traditionally clean swing, uh, the pretty swing that, you know, the Nats scouting love their pretty swing hitters. Uh, and that, you know, uh, Fangraphs, uh, in their write-up on him, they were like, he's Ichiro-esque in right field, which, I mean, obviously is very high praise. Uh, obviously they're not saying that he's literally Ichiro, but you know, like, I mean, that's pretty good praise. Uh, and it's, he's a bit more of a, not a sure thing, obviously, because no prospect's a sure thing. Uh, but we have a better idea of what he is. While like Feliz, it's quite literally, this guy could be like a better prospect than Brady House, or, you know, he's not going to really do much outside of like, you know, like low way Fredericksburg. You know, like they're, yeah. they're what uh, the public has information on. There's not, it's not very concrete. And I mean, that's that's what you're getting with a lot of these guys, uh, international prospects. I mean, even just prospects in general. Uh, you know, you don't have these advanced scouts. You don't have the number of scouts to get on there. Again, this is another thing that we kind of had a little discussion on. Uh, that they. They just don't have the scouts to constantly have these guys all over the world, you know. Uh, so there's going to be people that, like Velez, that are a little, a little more of a question mark, but it could turn into some of the best players in the league. Yeah, no. Uh, I mean, that's just, I mean, we could spend a whole hour just talking about kind of the craziness of minor league, international amateurs, and like, you know, the whole coming to agreements when they're in like not even of high school age uh th- that's a whole can of worms that we won't even dive into today <laughs> uh but yeah no i mean like you said uh, i mean hurtado we we think pretty highly of him you know he's in our top 15 prospects in that system uh so you know we got you know a pretty solid prospect you know i don't think uh Christian Vaquero, uh, I think is still going to be ranked higher than him just because we, again, we know more about him. Uh, but I mean, he's a type of, both of these prospects are type of guys where, you know, we come back in two years and it's like, yeah, these guys are like the best prospects in that system or they're complete afterthoughts. It's really that much variance, uh, especially when you're talking about, you know, Hurtado who's 16 and Feliz who's 17, you know, or, <laughs> <laughs> We're still talking about kids here. Uh, but yeah, that's, I mean, that's all I really had on the international signings. I don't know if you had any more, Mr. Jeremy. No, I mean, I haven't done a lot of research on the previous classes, but two in the top 50, that seems pretty good for the Nats. Uh, yeah. I feel like it's been, I feel like it's been a while since they've gotten that kind of, kind of pull. Do you think anything's, do you think there's a reason for that or it's just they uh, got a good class. Well, year. last year uh, they went all in on one guy. Uh, they went all in on Vaquero. Uh, and I mean, it's to top 50. I mean, it's you got to remember, like each team has like a signing pool bonus. Uh, so, you know, you, you could quite literally just offer the most like your entire bonus pool. And then the guy is just like, OK, yeah, I'll sign with you. You know, like nobody's going to be able to match that. Uh, with uh, 
these two though I mean I think it, it like I said these two it really depends on who you talk to uh, MLB pipeline has Hurtado at 20 on their class uh, and Belize at 23 or 28 it was one of those two uh, and then uh, Fangraphs had Hurtado as their number seven prospect in the pool and then had Feliz as their uh, like at the bottom of their 50 he was like 45 so I mean it, it really it's just I don't know I'm, I'm the type of person where it's it's you gotta know what's going on uh, somebody who covers the Nats and somebody who's you know pays a lot of attention to the Nats you know knowing that is good uh but we won't really see any sort of kind of signs of life from these guys for another year or two. When they right. come and I time. mean, when I say this, I I, I don't expect the, the like you said, they're sixteen and seventeen respectively. You know, I don't I don't expect these guys to tomorrow be competing for a major league roster. This is. Yeah, this I mean, they're that... not even going to be stateside next year. They're going to be playing, you know, in the their Dominican uh, complex, and that's it. Yeah. So I mean, I I understand that this is a, this is more of a long term thing, but you see, you see a lot of these international prospects pay off uh, recently, especially. Yeah. Nats. I mean. Um. Yeah. I mean, that's where the <laughs> Nats core uh, there was pretty much going to be built off. International prospects, obviously, uh, Victor Robles didn't go as well as uh, I think everybody hoped, but uh, you know, you never no, know. But you got you got some you got a guy like like Juan Soto out there. Yeah. Not not out out there <laughs> anymore, but you know. Hey, you want to talk about uh, Sean Doolittle, Mister Jeremy? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, more news. Recent news, probably the most recent news. Uh, Sean Doolittle, after retiring earlier this season, is back as the Nationals. I believe his title was pitching strategist. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to talk to, to us a little bit about what exactly that means. That that's a very, it's a very broad and also at the same time very narrow uh, job. Uh, yeah. What, is, what exactly does that entail? So he's uh, the way I would just look at it uh, from like a casual fan perspective uh, is he's just a second pitching coach. Uh, he, his primary role, uh, obviously, he, you know, he's going to help with like the mechanical adjustments and stuff like that. Uh, but I mean, his main thing, and I'm going to coin a phrase uh, from uh, let me. Oh, here I got the book right here. Coin a phrase from this book here, uh, MVP Machine. Very good book uh, about baseball. If you haven't read it, uh, he he's gonna be a conduit, uh, which uh, was a term that was very, uh, I guess, popularized by the Red Sox because uh, they had some, you know, pitcher uh, son of uh, Floyd Bannister, uh, Brian Bannister, uh, you know, kind of just. Didn't have it what it took to be a major league starter or a major league pitcher for a while. And then, you know, he kind of just became that conduit of information from the analytics department and the players and kind of made it, you know, easier and related it to the players better. Uh, and, you know, things improved. Uh, and that's what, you know, Doolittle is hopefully going to be doing 
uh, with the Nationals. Uh, like I said, he'll help with some mechanical stuff, uh, help with coming up with game plans. Uh, but m most importantly, he's going to be like the conduit. Because, uh, I mean, I, I, I talked about it in the briefing today. Uh, I don't know. I, I feel like Jim Hickey doesn't have the reputation of being the most analytics-heavy guy. Definitely not. Uh, I mean, Sean Doolittle was on, like, a podcast with, uh, C-Sheck, Steve C-Sheck and, uh, Brandon Kinsler, two former Nats relievers, uh, and they were, like, joking about how, like, he is very old school. And then, you know, the Mackenzie Gore MLB Network clip that we talked about on here as well, I mean, it's just, yeah. I, I think it's a much needed move, uh, and I really like it. I know a lot of people were, not a lot of people, it was a very vocal group who like the Nats are just hiring people from the 2019 squad ah so <laughs> yeah I mean if they're going to be good coaches I mean I think this is more fitting of a hire a than Para yeah um and I I see that kind of critique a lot teams hire former players, retired players that played for them recently. Like, it's one of those things that I just don't understand. Because, first of all, who better, who, who understands the, who understands the game better than a guy that played it? You know, that's, that's, it, experience is something, I mean, you could, you could know everything about baseball, but you're not going to have the same kind of eye for it if you don't have the experience, you know? And then along along the same lines, what's you always want to get these guys from from the glory days, and I really only see I really only see this happen with former players. You know, there's lots of weird coaching decisions made out of nowhere. You know, sometimes coaches are just hired. I mean, I can't think of an example off the top of my head, but sometimes coaches are hired just because they know a guy. You know, uh, but. You get experience and that that ability to, you know, talk to the players. You were talking about it, the conduit there. It's super important. Uh, and I don't understand why people get so mad when a former player gets hired. Yeah, I mean, I think there's just a, a lot of bad vibes around the Nats, like, franchise right now. Uh, especially, like, from the fan side of things. I think a lot of fans are very frustrated. Uh, I mean, you see people, uh, or I see people on, uh, the internet screaming, sell the team, sell the team. Uh, I see people wanting Davey and every member of the coaching staff fired. Uh, you know, like, I just, and I mean, I get it. Like, I, I've been there where it's like, you know, I've, you know, called, I think I've called for Davey's firing on this show before. Have I done that? Um, I don't think so, but, but like, I wouldn't be surprised if, maybe. I think after, <laughs> like, the, a red series where, like, he overused them, it's like some relievers, I think I may have called for his firing just because of, like, why are you using a reliever three or four days, you know, like that type of thing. Uh, mm hmm but yeah, no, I mean, I just, I, I don't think that's healthy. I don't know. That's just me. I'm not going to tell anybody how to fan, but like, 
you know, like, I, what is the better alternative? That, like, Leonosis, who's, you know, like, just that, the Wizards are just a giant mess. The Capitals, just kind of rid Ovechkin and don't seem to have a plan outside of just Ovechkin. Yeah. And I, I don't know if I, I want mean... that for the Nats, you know? <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Uh... <laughs> There's just a lot of things. There's just I, I don't know, you know. Yeah, I mean the state of the state of Washington sports. It's a it bit of a better. mess. Yeah. It's a, it's 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 a bit of a mess. It's okay. They got <laughs> they got the they got the stars now. You know. They, they yeah, got the they stars. Got the stars they added more stars to the Wizards. You know, it's just this is their year. <laughs> this is their year. They're gonna turn it around. Yeah. Kyle Kuzma, <laughs> Marvin Bagley. You heard it here first. <laughs> I think those are the that only two wizards I can name, but yeah. Uh, but that is, that is, that's besides the point. Uh, we were a Nats show. Yes. Yeah. Yes, the Nationals. Remember them. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, like I said, I just, I really like the higher, uh, I think. I mean, I hope that now I, – I, I honestly, I think we see – I'm more confident that we see players take a step forward this year than I was like three, four days ago before, whenever this – before this hire. I don't know if you feel the same way. Specific, play, like specific players, do you have any specific guys in mind or just in general the pitching staff? Yeah, I mean, there's a couple guys in mind. I think a lot of like – I don't know. I feel like – when it comes to, like, pitch usage. When it comes to, like, the refinement of pitches, I don't think I necessarily see, like, step forwards being made. I mean, maybe we could. Uh, but I think, like, pitch usage, I think, is where we're going to start to see a shift. And I think that's going to be huge for... And by that, I mean, like, how often we're throwing pitches and where we're throwing those pitches. Right. I think there, there's some guys where it's, like, you can literally point and see on the stat sheet, oh, yeah, like, we need to change this. Uh, and so I think, you know, we're more likely to see those changes than before. Are you asking me to name names? No, you don't have to name names. I mean, I'll name names. I'll, uh, Mackenzie Gore, <laughs> uh, I think, you know, I, th I think we might see some more high fastballs. Uh, th those tend to be pretty good for him. Uh and then I'm working on a piece uh, after this whole prospect week next week is done. Uh, but I, I think Jake Irvin uh, is going to take a step forward too. But I, I've been confident in him taking a step forward for a while. Because, I mean, I mean, when you look at the he year he was – last year. I, I, I don't – if he does what he does last year, then he's not a gnat long term. Right, but, I mean, compared to what he was expected to do, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, he, he got us through the year, and I uh, appreciate that. But he needs to take a step forward if he wants to be a major league starter for the Washington Nationals in 2025. Yeah. Uh, I had um, a question for you, Mr. Chan. Yes, sir. Uh... The uh, John Heyman, 
reported today. You know, he was doing like a little live stream like us, uh, except there weren't two of us, or two of John Heyman. Uh, there was just, just John <laughs> Heyman. Uh, and he was talking about how the Nationals are one of the teams still in the market for like the starting pitchers not named Snell and Montgomery. Uh, and I guess, I guess, want to throw you out, catch you off guard a little bit here. So anybody, I can quick pull up some names if you want me to pull up some names that you might want to see signed. Do you think that's a good idea for the Nationals, et cetera, et cetera? I, I don't. I mean, I, I don't really think the Nationals are a. Well, I'm pulling up a list right now of some uh, of agent starting pitchers. Uh, Lorenzen. No, there's not really these guys out there. It's not really worth it. I mean, we talk about this, the spot that the Nats are in right now, and signing a guy like, uh, I don't know, is Sonny Gray still available? I don't know. When this, no, uh, he's a Cardinal. No, that is from November 8th. He is way gone. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll, I'll read you the <laughs> name, Jeremy. I got you. Uh, Michael Lorenzen, Mike Clevenger, uh, James Paxton, uh, I'm trying to look. Rich Hill, uh, Jacob Junis. Rich Hill is like 80. <laughs> uh, Hyunjin Ryu is pretty good. Uh, Alex Wood. Uh, so and then so it's like Yanni Torinos and Carlos Carrasco. Carlos Carrasco so, is pretty good. So let's let's we have these kinds of names. These are kind of. Veteran mid tier to the high low tier starters, right? That's that's the general cluster that we're getting, general yeah. vibe out of that group. Uh, what's that going to do for the Nets? You sign, say you sign Carrasco. He's not he's not going to sign a one year deal, right? He he comes on and he's joins. He's thirty seven. He might he might sign a one year deal. Is he thirty seven? Yeah. He might sign a one year deal. He's going to sign a one year deal. Uh, I mean, what what is this really going to do for the Nets? Like we've talked about how crowded this forty man roster already is. You know, you're getting to the point where you need to make these super hard decisions. Assuming a lot of these guys, a lot of these prospects are MLB ready as we train. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, you go get a guy like Carrasco that pushes out a young guy that, sure, maybe he's not as good right now, but. Get him some major league reps. You never know. Kick him off the forty man. You you never know, right? This is this is the situation the Nats are in. They're not in a position where they need to be going out and signing these veteran players. They have a pretty solid mix, I would say, of veteran and young players uh, on that forty man. But it's just it's just not if. if I'll put it this way. If the Nationals think they're ready to compete for a playoff spot this season, yes, go get go get a guy. This isn't World Series contending team. If they think they can make a playoff, like a wild card push this season, go out and get a guy like this. I don't think that they think they're ready. And even if they think they are, I don't think that's the right move. Straight up. I think... Yeah, I, I think you and I are both in agreement where adding a starting pitcher in the 2025 offseason 
uh, or the one at the off next offseason uh, makes more sense. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked. I would hate it if the Nationals went out and signed a bat. Uh, there's still, I think, quite a few bats out on the market. I know Reese Hoskins hasn't signed yet. Uh, there's the one who we all know. I don't want, uh, you know, uh, Brandon Belt. I don't think he would want to play for a rebuilding team, though. Uh, you know, Jorge Soler is out there. Uh, Tommy Pham is out there. Carlos Santana. Whit Merrifield, if you want to get a little weird. Uh, Jock. You know, we're talking about left-handed power. Jock Peterson. I, I think a bat makes more sense. If we're going to go sign somebody, a bat makes a lot more sense. I agree. Uh, yeah, that's been their need all offseason power. It is not going to give you power as much as it might help a team. But I... If they if the Nats took this roster into the twenty twenty four season, I'd be fine with it. Would you? Yes. Yes, I would. You don't think anybody? There's not a single addition, or, or I'm assuming you mean, or I guess, are you factoring in anybody being put on the roster? I'm factoring in guys like uh, James Wood, uh, Dylan Cruz being in all season. Uh, if they only add yeah. one of those. If they only add one of those, then yes, we need a bat. Yeah, because I'm coming around I, the, to the, the idea. In, in my brain, and, and honestly, I, I know, I'm not sure where you're at. I don't really see a world where both of them aren't up after spring training, where the I'm, roster is built. As the offseason is going, I am becoming more acceptable to the idea of uh, Dylan Cruz making his Major League debut uh, in the middle of August. I mean, I'm fine with that. I just, I don't see how the Nats can look at this team. They don't seem like they're making any moves on anyone. Really. I mean, I don't feel they can look at this team and be like, they're not both ready. That's what this, this that's what they're doing this offseason. That's what it signaled to me. It shows that they think they're ready. Yeah, I mean, you can, you know, you have a... Uh... Abrams, Thomas, uh, Ruiz, Manessis, Garrett uh, are all kind of locked into a spot. Senzel, obviously, because they signed him to that contract. I think Wood and uh, Jacob Young are the rest of that outfield. And then Luis Garcia is your opening day second baseman. Yeah. And I... then... Like I said, Cruz doesn't come up until August, or if Jacob Young's really bad. Uh, I am not be. convinced in Jacob Young. I know we saw what he did at the end of last season. Um, I'm not sold on him. Straight up. I think we. I, I've talked about this a little bit in the offseason, and I know what he brings to the table is 
is good. He's he's major league ready. Like I'm not trying to say he isn't, but what he brings to the table isn't what the Nats need right now. I guess. I mean, I he's not a he franchise cornerstone. Yeah, I mean, he's going to be the fourth no, outfielder when Cruz is up. But I I think it and makes think more that, sense to have. Sorry, here I'll let you talk. I think that's just how it should start, just because. I mean, as good as he was at the end of last season, it's just, he didn't, I, I, there was just, there's just, I, I really think it's, it's time for the Nats to get these guys up. I mean, I know he's a rookie, but, I mean, he just got drafted, but just the way, the, the way it's, it's feeling, and I, I, I just, I never, it, it's really comes down to his bat, I think. I know his defense is something that is probably the reason he should start in center. But I don't know. I just don't think he moves the needle enough for the Nats right now. I mean, I I don't think... I mean, obviously the bat is not the reason why you're starting him. Uh, you're starting him because right. he plays really good defense and is a really good base runner. And he's been better than Victor Robles uh, offensively. Or he was better than Victor Robles offensively uh, for most of his right. career. Which, I mean, listen. I, I think it's time to have this conversation. Uh, Victor Robles, because of just how things transpired, ended up not being a very good outfielder after 2019. He, he was a capable center fielder. But he wasn't a gold glove caliber center fielder, at least according to our advanced metrics, which are the best way, in my opinion, that we can evaluate defense. Uh, and Jacob Young was that. And if you can quite literally play like gold glove caliber, caliber defense and be a solid base runner and just remotely hit, you are a valuable major leaguer. I, I, think, I think the question is, was he as good offensively? I guess was the offense that he had last year is that real? I think is really the question with Young. Right. I am just I'm not prepared. That's like like I said, if they trot him out, if this is the roster that the Nats go out with, I'd be fine with it. But I just if I was in charge, I would not I'd have Cruz out there in first. Yeah. Like I said, I for most of this offseason, I would have agreed with you. But I think... Because then you can talk about... Okay, yeah, well then he maintains rookie eligibility for 2025. And then, you know... You can talk about kind of stacking those PPI picks. With House uh, getting called up August 2025. And then he gets... You know, he's up for... Retains prospect eligibility for 2026. And then you just keep doing that. <laughs> you just keep doing that. You're gonna keep gaming the system. You're, You're gonna, gonna keep, keep gaming the system. That's what get, the Orioles the are doing, system. man. The Orioles. I get. I do. Jeremy, the I, Orioles I have the had the for the past three years. The Orioles have had a top, had the best prospect in baseball, according to Baseball America. Each year, it was a different prospect. That's the number one prospect in baseball. In 2021, it was Adley. Last year it was Gunnar Henderson. And this year it's Jackson Holiday. I, I mean, we just got to model after the people right up 95. 
<laughs> That's all we gotta do. It's not that hard. I mean, look, it's, look, it's, it's working for them. You just need a, a, a one of the best executives in baseball. All, all three of those guys were top picks in the draft. Adley the was. Yeah. Adley was. Adley was. Jackson, Jackson was. was. Gunnar Henderson was like a second round pick. The Nats would have to be as bad as they were when they got Bryce Harper and Steven Strasburg model after the Astros, or after the, the Orioles. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing that it trips me off of Jackson Holiday is that he was like a consensus, like, top five prospect on draft day. But he was not the consensus number one overall pick. I mean, you remember that, right? Where Drew Jones was the consensus overall pick, first overall pick, heading into draft mm-hmm. night. So, I get tripped up there. But, yeah. No, I don't know, man. I, the, like, this I lineup's going to be I weird. We're going to be talking rules. about it for the rest of the <laughs> offseason because there's nothing else to talk about. Uh, I still think they need to add a reliever. <laughs> uh, I think if they add a reliever, I think they're going to be in good shape. But, boy, do I know. Anything else you want to talk about? Well, I think I think we've covered all the news here. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah. So thank you everyone so much for tuning in to this week's episode of In the Clubhouse with the Nats Report. Uh, we have been your hosts, Jeremy Lapidus and Hayden Raymer. Hayden Raymer. Yeah. Um, did I did that not come through? It, it kind of did, but it was okay. a little choppy. Okay. Uh, My bad. Anyway. Remember to go check out the Nats Report. Uh, top consensus Nats Report contributors, top 30 prospect list coming out soon. Next uh, week, as well next as Wednesday. Next Wednesday coming out. Uh, as well as a big Nats Report project, 40 and 40. We're going to break down their 40-man roster coming out in a little less than a month. Uh, maybe just about a month from now. Whatever. It's coming out soon. There's a lot of good stuff. Hayden's uh, doing his mornings where he sends read them. They're really good. Uh, yeah. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you next time. See ya.